What's good, y'all? Welcome to the Ray Infinity Show podcast. This is episode number 117. And today, I got on someone pretty interesting on my podcast today. Someone I'm not sure you, you, you really know a whole lot about. You could, you may not. Doesn't really matter because I'm trying to get him an exposure right here, too. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a guy who is a real estate broker and also a YouTuber. Goes by the name Danny Balsikin. Bal Am I saying it right? Close enough, just Danny B for short. Da Danny <laughs> B, okay. Yeah, you already see in the title, guys. Danny Batsalkin, my mistake. Oh, there you go. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, okay. And yeah, he. I asked him to come on my podcast. I've been trying to work it out with him for a while and finally got it set up. So yeah, how you doing, brother? Can you explain who you really are and what you do? I'm doing great, Ray. Thank you so much for having me on, man. And yes, we've been trying to get this going for a long time, so I really appreciate it, and I'm honored to be on the show and really thankful. And yeah, man, I, you know, it's interesting. I started out as a real estate attorney actually, and then became a real estate broker and I own multiple real estate brokerages and, um, you know, was really an entrepreneur, started other companies um, as offshoots of my real estate brokerages and coached agents and things like that. Um, and then, you know, in about 2020, when all the craziness started around the world and especially in the U S uh, I started making some videos about real estate really. And that, quickly transformed. I was living in LA at the time. Okay. And I started noticing like all this, um, you know, craziness. And I, I, I keep uh, mincing my words. I can't, can I cuss on the show or not? Uh, you can <laughs> say it, say whatever you want to say. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, so I started noticing all this bullshit happening in LA and California. And so I made a couple of videos about all this stuff going on and, and how I disagreed with it and it just made no sense from, you know, lockdowns and masks and all these things. And, you know, those videos about California just started taking off. And, and then everyone kind of started leaving California. Well, my wife and I started thinking about, hey, what are we going to do, you know, for the kids and us long term? Does this really make sense, you know, from taxes to regulations on businesses and, you know, all of the other stuff, lockdowns and totalitarian control and, you know, all the, these leftist nut job policies. And so, you know, we just decided... Uh, we need to get out of there. And so uh, in 2021, we moved to Dallas, which is where I am now. And so we are in the great state of Texas with your Cowboys right down the street from us. And that's, in, in, in a nutshell, that's me, man. I'm an entrepreneur and business guy and then also comment on some of this stuff. Are you in Dallas or one of the suburbs? So I'm in a suburb. I'm in a suburb called South Lake, which is about uh, 25 minutes north of Dallas and um, the South Lake Carroll um, school system. So we were looking for, you know, good schools, nice community for the kids, conservative family values. And so we really found that here. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, the first time I uh, first video I saw that you that, that I saw you make, well, you I, you made videos before that. But the one I saw the first one was um, when you were talking about that. You remember in 2020 when um, um, California put out those Thanksgiving rules of how everything is supposed to be. That was the first <laughs> yes. video I saw you make. So, and it was hilarious. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to tell us like you can only have like two families at your house for Thanksgiving or something like that. And the, the crazy part to me was not that they were doing it because government, you know, always just wants to get bigger just by nature of government. The crazy part was how many people were buying into that nonsense and going, oh, yeah, you know, Newsom says we only need to have two families. And so we, that's what we need to do. I was like, are you people like out of your mind? You're letting someone tell you how many guests you can have at your house. It's like insanity to me, you know, the, the sheet mentality. The funny thing was they literally said in the rules, when you take a bite, pull your mask up, put it in, then just put it back over. That was the funniest yes. part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was comical to me, but, but again, the crazy part was how many people in LA bought into it. You know, how many people were like racing off to get, you know, whatever vaccine was introduced, no research, nothing. Um, you know, masks, sure, you know, kids, you know, walking. I mean, Ray, listen to this, man. I mean, this will shock you. I remember my kids at their school, they painted like arrows on the floor of how they wanted them to walk around the, the campus. And my kid came home one time and he was like, I got in trouble today because I walked the wrong way on the arrow. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You walked the wrong way on the arrow? And then the school called me and they were like, he walked the wrong way on the arrow. And I was like, yeah, so what? Like you're, you're like ridiculous. This is stupid. So that's the kind of stuff they were doing. Literally was any detail they were just trying to find a bet. So yeah, it all, I, I can't prove this, but for some reason it almost seems like they're targeting conservative um, people who kids whose parents are conservatives and just trying to like humiliate them and shame them and stuff like that. I can't prove that. That's just a feeling I have. 
Yeah, well, I mean, look, the left played, to me, when you think about it, the left really played the long game with a lot of this stuff. And so my parents, I don't know if you know this part, Ray, but, but yeah. I was born in the former Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And so my parents grew up with communism. And, and when you see this stuff, and I talk to my parents about it, they're like, this, this is all like a long game plan. There's nothing new here. This has all been done multiple times. And so the left has, has played the long game and actually very well. You know, they started by infiltrating, if you think about it, education you know, the media, um, unions, and all of these things so that, you know, the kids that grew up in, you know, a leftist school, then go to a leftist college, they're indoctrinated into this stuff, then they come out, then they go in the workforce. And then they do stuff like, you know, what that chick did at um, Bud Light, you know, and introduce this stuff because they think it's going to (laughs) work. Right. But that's how that happens. That's how that happens. You know, the corporations hire leftist people who've been indoctrinated. Even Kid Rock bend the knee. Did you see that? I saw, I saw, I read something about that, that he now, he, he ended his boycott and he was drinking, yeah. he was seen drinking Bud Light. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, is everyone literally part of the establishment then? Is that true? Is it everyone who's in, who has any like publicity? Are they part of the establishment then? It makes me curious about that. It, it is a good question, right? It, when you get to a certain point, is it just about, hey, your people um, call you and, and are like, hey, you got to do this or, you, you know, you lose your next gig or you know, whatever it is. I saw that. Did you see that? Um, it was the rapper. Now I'm forgetting his name, but he was, um, I know he, he, you know what I'm talking about? The guy who, who said something, then took it, then apologized. Then he took the apology back. Yeah. I I, I forgot his name, but um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He said it was, in fact, he said it wasn't even him who apologized. He said his PR person just threw the apology up on his social channels without even asking him. So that's that's how far it is that the PR guys are like, oh, you know, he can't say that. Let's jump on there and throw an apology on. And he was like, I never said I never apologize. So, uh, you know, to your point. Yeah. So like this, we're living in. Well, I clown world is like a simple name for this. We're living in a South Park episode, actually. So, yeah, like particularly like you've been seeing what's been going on at Target as well. Literally, they're putting all this LGBT stuff for the in kids merchandise like. Oh my God! Like they did see that um that photo someone took. He literally took a, a case of Bud Light and set it next to all that LGBT stuff in a, in a Target store. That that was hilarious. Yeah, it, it it it's wild. I mean the you know the attempt at indoctrination, like I said, by by the left is purposeful. You know, and it and the earlier they can get them, um, the better their chances are of creating people who are sympathetic to their agenda who will vote that way. Um, when they get older, you know, and so like the thing that gets me, Ray, it's interesting because I have a kid who's in 10th grade. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about college and stuff, you know, and the thing that always gets me is like parents who are conservative and have conservative family values will send their kid off to these leftist indoctrination centers, you know, the big schools. And then the kids come back thinking a totally different way. And then the parents are like, what happened? And, and they have like, shaved oh, and they have shaved heads and they have piercings everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. So you got to do your research. And as parents, you know, don't send your kids somewhere if you don't agree with the values and beliefs that they're teaching there. Well, I don't think anyone should be should go to college in the first place. That's just my opinion. I think it's a giant scam. Like I never went to college. Well, I personally I, I say this out publicly. I never I, I was a high school dropout. So mm-hmm. I, I never had to experience that. So I'm kind of glad. But that but, and back then I was blue pilled. I didn't get red pilled until 2020. So. Oh, really? That's interesting. Oh, I'd love to hear about that. Tell me a little more about that. <sighs> me me, and a lot of my friends, well, a lot of us were blue-pilled beforehand, and we got red-pilled be- because it's what was happening in 2020. First, it mm-hmm. started with the lockdowns, which at first, at first I was like, agreeing with it because no one knew what was actually going on back then at, when it first started. No one knew that. Even Trump probably didn't sure. even know that. And, right. and then all of a sudden, the the BLM and Antifa riots started coming along. And then, and then like, um, as it got closer and closer to the election we all know what happened there on election night we all witnessed what was going on i was like hold on hold on you gotta be kidding me this this doesn't make any sense right here so and then what and then what my full-on red pill moment was was january 6th with how the media Mm -hmm. lied about it and i was like okay i'm fully out on this blue pill moment so yeah i went i love it man i went from i went from liberal to libertarian to conservative within the span of a year yeah yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting how, you know, a lot of people that's that's happened to over the last couple of years. And so but, you know, congrats to you for um, thinking on your own. Right. And and really allowing yourself to 
to have that, um, you know, moment and kind of change um, how you think about things because a lot of people have just kind of gone along for the ride. Yeah. Like I, when I say blue pilled, I was anti Trump. I was anti capitalist. Well, maybe not anti capitalism, but I, I was actually. I was a capitalist, but I still believed in more, some social values. And then I realized, yeah. And I started doing more research when that started happening. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, as I said, it's great that, you know, you you started thinking for yourself. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people that um, that we haven't been able to get through to. But hopefully uh, your show and, and, you know, people like you, that's why I, I commend you for doing this, because you get getting the word out and really helping mm -hmm. people understand common mm -hmm. sense and, and what the right way is. Yeah, you need to bring your show back. I you, I don't think you posted something anything in, in about a year from what I've seen. So yes, I'm glad you bring that up. I will be definitely coming back in one form or another. What happened really was we moved to Dallas, you know, kind of getting settled in, and I I didn't really want to talk about California anymore. So I was you know kind of working out what direction we're going to go because like whatever I, you know they can do whatever they want there. They want to kill themselves, go for it. Um, and so, you know, kind of figuring out exactly the focus and the direction of the YouTube channel. So it will be back in one form or another. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I can't wait, man, because I, I actually like the real estate stuff that you talk about, that you talk about. It's pretty interesting. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, the real estate, I, I love talking about real estate. So, you know, I, I've been a broker for a long time. Like I said, was a real estate attorney before. And, you know, I develop real estate. So I'm really like in the thick of, all things real estate all the time. So keeping my pulse on everything that's going on. Yeah. And so you moved your company from California to Dallas too? So I actually have a, a, a team of real estate agents that still sells in LA. Um, so as much as I bash LA, a lot of people want to live there. So we will, you know, we'll help people do that. Um, and then in, in Dallas, I'm really focused on developing real estate. So we develop single family homes, um, luxury homes in kind of the luxury areas of Dallas. Yeah, it's 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 in it's getting more and more expensive over there down there in Texas. So from what I've seen, yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, it it used to be uh you know a whole heck of a lot cheaper than California. It it still definitely is, and of course, you don't have any state income tax. Um, but, but the property you know, the taxes are insane, are though. Property taxes are higher for sure. Um, but you know, you have so many people coming here that you know the demand is creeping up, yeah. and so you know the prices are going up commensurate with that. Yeah, it just happens. It's like um, some things are. It's a it's a it's a double edged sword. Some things will be good, but some things will be bad. It, it's just life. You can't control it. So yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, and like um, I'm actually trying starting to get invest in real estate. Well, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to event one of these days. I'm I'm gonna start saving up money to, so I can buy some land because um, what I want to do is like my New Year's resolution next year is gonna actually start saving money to buy land. Preferably in like either Montana, Wyoming, or Alaska. Awesome, man! I love that. Yeah, I think real estate, um, you know, is the best investment for sure. Like the best we've ever done has always been in real estate. You control it; it's your real property. It's not yeah. going anywhere. And you know, as yeah. long as you believe in in America continuing, which you know I think we all do, then um, real estate's the, the way to go. Yeah. Because literally what I want to do is I want to start like a little ranch-like thing. Maybe not have like animals and stuff, but just like pretty much live off the grid in, the, in a little way. Nice. I love that. Yeah, that's why that's I, awesome. I prefer – that's why I love Montana, Wyoming, Alaska, those kind of states where there's not a whole yeah. lot of people, but – and it's and you can almost live off the grid if you wanted to. Yep. You could definitely set that up. There's a lot of people that do that. Used to be like that in Texas, but not anymore, so – Yes, there's less and less areas of Texas where you can do that. Still a lot, but uh, definitely getting less as more people are coming. Yeah. So do you think, like, uh, you? Th I want to talk to you about the real estate market. Like, that was one of the topics I wanted yes. to talk to you about. Um, definitely. We all, I'm pretty sure, we've all aware about the 2030 agenda, what we've all heard of that's been going on. You will owe nothing and you will be happy. We've all heard that. And so when I, t this is why I want to get in with real estate. Like um, we're like about seven years away from this, if from this agenda, if it happens, and I'm still not sure if it will. But yeah. where do you think the where do you see the real estate market going by then? Do you think it's going to get higher? Do you think it's going to get lower? Or like what other thing? What what else? Because I'm not really an expert in real estate. Sure. Yeah. So Ray, you know, when it comes to real estate, a lot of people like to overcomplicate real estate. It's easy to do. And you also see a lot of people that are, are doomsdayers, you know, hey, it's going to crash and this and that. For me, it's very practical when I look at real estate. There's a couple things I look at. It kind of guides me as to, you know, where we are and where we're going. The most important statistic I look at 
is a chart called the month's supply of inventory. And uh, I can send you the link to the most recent one. I actually posted it on Twitter, I think okay. yesterday or the day before. What that tells us is really supply and demand. Real estate at the end of the day is simply basic economics 101, supply and demand, right? And what happens is when you have a low supply of real estate, which is what we have now, and a relatively normal or high demand, you get a strong market and prices tend to go up. So just as, as far as to give you context, around five, six months of supply is a balanced market. Anything under like three months, we call that a seller's market. You know, prices are going up. And anything over six months, we call a buyer's market. You know, so like also to give you a reference point, like back in, you know, 07, when I was in the market, we had the financial crisis. Month supply of inventory shot up to like 11, 12 months. So there were all these houses. There was no one to buy them because no one could get money, right? Yeah. So right now, today, we are sitting at 2.7 months supply of homes on the market nationally. Now, real estate, also a right thing to note is real estate is extremely local. You know, like in, in Dallas, that number is a little bit lower. In Austin, for example, which is kind of a market that's really shot up, that number is a little bit higher. It's like four or five months. But at the end of the day, you know, interest rates are higher. So that is pushing, you know, it's squeezing a lot of buyers, but there's still a lot of buyers in the marketplace and there are not a lot of sellers. Uh, a lot of people are, are holding onto their properties. So that's creating kind of this, this normal turnover and prices are going up. I looked at median home price this morning, kind of getting ready for the show. And I saw that we are up about 3% year over year, right? So a lot of people thought nationally. So a lot of people thought, oh, prices are going to crash 20%, 30%. It's not happening. Um, we are, you know, like I said, nationally, we're up 3%. Dallas, we're up a little bit more than that. Um, and so what I see, you know, no one can really predict like, you know, six months or a year, but I do see the market kind of continuing on this. I'd call it kind of a flat, you know, sideways trajectory for a little while. Um, usually uh, real estate markets kind of stall a little bit going into the election, you know, into an election year. Because people are uncertain, you know, they don't know like, hey, what's going to happen? Who's going to come into office after the election? We do typically see the real estate market start to go up. So, you know, if I if I had to predict and don't hold me to it, but I would say we'll be in this kind of sideways pattern. I think after the election, interest rates are going to start to come down. You'll see more buyers come into the market and you'll see the prices start to come up again. That's kind of my short term, you know, prediction. Well, well, we talked when you said about um like um more buyers coming into the market that that I, I i don't see how because especially with um i'm pretty sure you since you're in real estate i'm pretty sure you're well aware of like blackrock buying up dozens mm -hmm. and dozens of homes all across america like yes. outpricing americans like they're buying like um was it 25 to 50 percent above asking price somewhere in that range like you know in a lot of places yes um they they kind of stalled a little bit on that you know because the market did come down a little bit in terms of uh you know supply and like their demand so i don't think they're paying as much over asking but yes they are buying up a lot of single family homes and and then that's pretty curious when you find out that a lot of the BlackRock executives are members of the WEF. So that's a little curious right there. Mm -hmm. the yep, for sure. Um, so that that is an issue, definitely. Um, and we see that, you know, we see big investment funds like BlackRock and all these guys coming in and, and buying up homes. Vanguard. Um, so Vanguard. All, and and the, the issue is like all those companies control such a big percentage of, you know, the S&P 500 companies. A lot of people aren't aware of that, you know, that those, those companies, there's like three of them control like 88% of the companies on, on the S&P 500. So they dictate what goes like when you look at, you know, ESG and DEI and all these things, like they can force companies to adopt these policies because they control so much of that. So that that's an issue. I mean, those are in a separate conversation. Those are really monopolies that, you know, I, I think should be broken up. But when it comes to just like your local, if you think about your local real estate market, like I'm in Dallas, you know, and, and I look at the market, I think, you know, short term again, sideways. And then long term, Ray, I will tell you, real estate has always gone up. You know, there's an old saying that, that says, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And I, I really subscribe to that. You know, my parents, when they came to the U.S., the first thing they wanted to do was buy a home because you couldn't do that in, in the former Soviet Union. And so, you know, they saved up and three years later, they bought their first property. And, um, you know, when I look back at the prices, I'm like, you should have bought 10, you know, you should have bought 20 because they just keep 
you know, real estate keeps going up. It's also a great hedge against inflation, you know. So when you're in an inflationary environment like we're in now, um, mm -hmm. real estate is great because you lock in an interest rate. Um, hopefully you can refinance lower. Um, but as rents go up, as market goes up, you're, you're keeping that payment steady. So I wholeheartedly believe in real estate uh, long term. Yeah. Like really all I know is just like the bare bones of real estate. Like um, usually what states are like the best to live in and stuff like this, cheaper and expensive, like just the typical regular person. Like me, I live in, I live in Iowa, which is actually one of the cheapest states in the country. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, but the cheapest state, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's West Virginia, right? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think I've seen the statistics on the actual cheapest state to live in. So we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've just heard that, but yeah. Right. And, and a bunch of people are actually leaving West Virginia. If you see the statistics going over the last 10 years, more and more people keep leaving. So interesting. They're coming. Where are they going? Do you know? Uh, usually it's, it varies rarely from most of them. From what I've seen, been going to Texas or Georgia, okay. Florida, that area. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So mm -hmm. do you. With we all know that like California and New York were really the two pinnacles of like like um financing and stuff like this. We're like they were the probably the two richest states in the country. I'll just say that. Just make it more yeah. simple. Um, do you see Texas and Florida taking that spot from them? Really, I do. I really do. That's a great point. Um, you know, and it's interesting because like I, I always ask my dad like, hey, how did you end up in California? And he's like, you don't understand. When I was a kid, like everyone in Russia, if you listen to like you know, uh, black market radio and all these things that would talk about the US, they talked about California, they talked about New York, to your point, right? And that's where everyone wanted to go. The sunshine, um, you know, the beaches, the girls, all that kind of stuff, right? And um, unfortunately, that has all changed. Because, you know, when you take 20, 25 years of these leftist progressive policies, you know, you look at the homeless rates, um, you look at everything else going on in California, um, New York, First of all, it's impossible to do business there. Um, so as an, as an employer, as a business person, you're, you're, you've got red tape, you've got regulation, you've got taxation. And so as you've seen, um, you know, companies are just, it's capitalism. You have a choice and companies are moving their headquarters to other areas. I mean, Ray, if I showed you like along the freeway corridor where I live, there's like five, six corporate headquarters all relocated here. We got TD Ameritrade, we got Charles Schwab, we got all these guys just building um, and bringing all of their employees um, from these yeah. other places because you can do business in these states. They're business friendly. Um, they're tax friendly. Uh, you know, the policies just work. They're common sense. They make sense. And that's why the people are, are coming here. So, yes, 100 percent. I mean, I see. And as you saw, California and New York both lost electoral votes in the upcoming election. Texas and Florida both gained. And so I yeah. see that trend continuing. Well, actually, I don't because you see, California's taking millions and millions of illegals in because when the when the census happens, they don't go by citizens; they go just by population that's living in the state. So, yeah, I, I, it's going to go back up. It's there's no doubt about that, in my opinion. Yeah. So let me rephrase. I think that the businesses and yeah. the corporations and 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 smart people, you know, are going to be leaving. You know, people that really value the same things that we value, you know, mm -hmm. family values, all these kinds of things are going to be leaving. And yes, you're getting an influx of Ill illegal immigration. Those are the, the left's future voters right there. So they're, they're coming in. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there, I, I want to be optimistic. I want there to good things to happen in the future, but I'm just losing that more and more every day with how much all this leftist idiocracy has been shoved down our throats. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation. You know, I, I, I saw the other day that uh, the average empire uh, is an interesting, interesting statistic. The average empire lasts 250 years and um, the U.S. is coming up on that. So our 250th anniversary will be July 4th, 2026. So I guess you could take that uh, any way you want to go with it. Yeah. And, and also another interesting thing. Like um, whenever there's like um, a, a growing power seeks to um, dominate, the, destroy the dominant power, almost not 100 percent, but like 80 plus percent, it's resulted in war. And you see what's going on with China right now. They're building up their military drastically. And while our military is becoming woker and woker. So, yes, I mean, that's a great point. And if you look at, you know, what's going on in the world um, in terms of, you know, kind of monetarily and, and economically, 
Um, you know, we, we placed all these sanctions on Russia. And, and what that really did was Russia went and um, partnered with China, you know, mm -hmm. and India. And, and so all of these companies Brexit. are all the, yeah, I said companies, but all these countries are coming together. And, you know, what they really want to do, I think, is um, make sure that the dollar is not the central currency of the world anymore. And if they can do that, um, then they, you know, the U.S. ceases to be um, the ultimate superpower in the world. And that's what that's what they really want. There was a great piece actually this morning by a good friend of mine, Rebecca Koffler on, on Fox, and she wrote about, you know, all of this kind of stuff. She's she's great. She wrote a really good book about Putin and Russia and stuff. But she talks about, you know, the monetary and economics all the time. So, yeah. I mean, we definitely are are headed in that direction if we continue doing what we're doing. So, yeah. And I wanted to get back to BlackRock because I wanted to say something real quick right there. But, yeah, like, um, in my opinion, I don't think this should be allowed where, like, they're just outpricing Americans by, by this much. Here's what I'm trying to say is I am a capitalist, but I'm, like, I'm almost like a mixture of Trump and Teddy Roosevelt type of capitalist. Like, Teddy Roosevelt were, like, um, were like he was a capitalist, but he believed, he believed in the free market, but he, but he had his limits of where he would go. Like, he broke up um, companies, even though he had no legal reason to, but he did it. But he did, but he broke them up because they were monopolies and he was criticized and hated for it. But when you look in the long run, he was correct about it. He was. So that's what yeah. I think should be. That's what I think it should be like, in my opinion. Yeah. And and the problem right now is who's going to do it, you know, because no one. like no one's going to do it because you can't run on uh, you can't run on that as a politician. And anyone that tries, um, you know, is, is going to get persecuted and all this stuff now you know, kind of like what we see going on with trump yeah all right we can get into trump then we just you just <laughs> mentioned them so good segue good oh segue. yeah yeah <laughs> <sighs> what I... oh hey ray i lost sound now it says you're muted hold on a second oh there we go let's try that again can you hear me okay? sorry about that Sorry, there we go. My fault, right there. That's my no, fault. I'm sorry about that. Oh, good. But yeah. Well, I'm saying I'm getting sick of these Trump indictments. Like it's it's literally just a joke at this point. So, especially with this Georgia one, which there literally is no basis from everything I've read. There is absolutely no basis for this Georgia indictment. Yeah, I agree 100. So I, I never did litigation. I'll, I'll give you a caveat on that. And I'm not like speaking as an attorney, but you know, I read the indictments. I read each one because you know I want to see what they're doing and what these are really. You know, first and foremost, are you know politically motivated um, persecutions, and it's so clear. I mean, it's like if you just read the thing, you could see. I mean, I, the Georgia one. I remember like some of the lines in there are like, you know, oh, Donald Trump tweeted that he's watching TV. And I'm like, well, that's what, what, and that's part of the conspiracy. I'm like, well, everyone's watching TV and everyone's asking questions about what's going on. So, you know, clearly politically motivated um, and it, it's a bunch of nonsense. But, you know, Ray, the thing is that the government has, you know, unlimited funds. And I, personally, I don't even think they care whether they get a conviction or not. Their goal is to tie him up in court with all of these legal fees and time and all that stuff, because that takes attention away from, you know, him running for president. Yeah. Like I've, this is just my opinion. I, anyone else is entitled to have their own opinion, but I think Trump literally has a 0% chance of beating Biden in 2024. That's just my opinion. I just, I, I think Biden has a 0% chance of losing to anyone, no matter who it is, because, because my generation zoomers, for whatever reason, like him. And I can't seem to figure out why. They they literally just like him a whole lot. Like, so, Ray, that's, that's actually a good question. I mean, I, I know you said you can't figure out why, but, like, um, you know, that generation, because uh, it, it, it's always a question for me. You know, like, I vote on policies. I vote on track record. I look at, you know, I, I do my research. I understand not everyone's going to do that. But if you just common sense, think about, OK, look, the president is like the CEO of America. And if you were hiring a CEO for the company, wouldn't you go like, hey, what has this guy done? What are his accomplishments? Does he have the policies we want? So so does this generation just not look at any of that and disregard all of that and just go, oh, you know, MSNBC tells me he's a nice guy. Is that what's going on? Like, how does this happen with with that generation of voters? Yeah, I don't know. I, like me, I'm I'm 21, so mm -hmm. I, I still don't see why. I I, can't, I truly can't figure it out. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think for what it's worth, I think that the 2020 vote, um, you know, and we could we could talk about kind of, you know, a lot of people will go like, oh, do you think the election was rigged? Well, yes, it was yep. rigged because the media rigged it, uh, the government rigged it and all these things that happened. Right. So and I um, do think look- there were conspiracies involved in it as well. I, I truly do believe that. I, I don't I don't doubt it. I mean, when you look at the statistics and what happened that night, I mean, it's impossible that three states had the exact same kind of, you know, clear run up, you know, for no reason. When you look oh. at the graphs, oh. um, there was also but aside. Oh, go I, I guarantee you probably didn't see this on CNN. We're on my podcast, me and a couple of my other friends. We were playing a video. We're like we're like I'm on in no joke. There was a there, it showed like the graph like I'm um, during on election night. It showed Trump. It showed the Pennsylvania thing where it's like um, Trump was ahead of Biden by 20,000. Then literally like a few moments later, when it showed it again, Trump was down 20,000 and Biden was exactly up 20,000. Like, did you see that? Right. I saw that. Yeah. The, the, like, I mean, it, the whole thing was just was nuts. I mean, we were watching live and we were like, OK, it's over. And then we went to bed and all of a sudden it's not. So, yeah, I totally agree. But the thing that you know, I, I was going to kind of say about this is it, it just always interests me. Like, I'm always curious, like, how people can come to the conclusion to do that vote. But I think in 2020, just from my small sample size, a ton of those votes were anti-Trump votes. They weren't pro-Biden votes. So when you get to 2024, though, you've seen the guy for four years. I mean, he can't speak. He can't talk. You know, he's barely he's really not there. He so sniffs how, children. At that point, exactly. So at that point how could you vote for him? And so like the people you talk to, like, you know, what, what, what is the rationale? What's the reasoning there to then, you know, give that second vote. That makes no sense to me. The only thing I can come to think of is that they're just, they just vote on emotion, emotionally, which, um, look, I understand you want to be compassionate to people. You want that. I understand that, but you have to realize that if you be too compassionate all the time, you're just going to destroy stuff. Like this is an analogy, like me being a Dallas Cowboy fan, pretty obviously with Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer, the Cowboys and and night had probably one of the greatest dynasties of all time. And Jimmy Johnson was hard on them, like literally ran them into the ground from in 92 and 93. And they won back to back Super Bowls. Then what happened once he got fired, they went downhill. They won a Super Bowl. That was only because they had the best team in the league by far. And it wasn't even close. And, they just, they just, they just tanked. They went down the toilet ever since, and they've been like that since '95. Correct. Uh, because those are the guys you want in charge. You want Jimmy Johnson. You want, um, you know, Bill Belichick, right? Another dynasty. Tom Landry. Tom Landry. Like these are the guys that you want leading the way. Like to me, I don't care. You know, if if the guy's offensive, I don't care if he uh, tweets mean things at people. He gets the job done. Um, he puts America first. That that's who you want. Forget about the name, right? Like if you had to draw up, like, hey, who do I want as the president? That's what I want. I want a strong leader. And you know, Biden's in there, and you know, clearly a weak individual. The world's taking advantage of him. I mean, you know, Putin is running circles around the guy, and uh, it's. Cl- I mean, it's clear as day. Like you see it every single day. Like I. I've, I've thought about this beforehand, but like if you saw like a debate between Putin and Biden, I would almost root for Putin. I like I don't even know if I would root for anybody, but if I had to, I probably might just pick Putin. Not not because I like the dude, but because at least the dude can think. You know, Ray, you'd be actually surprised. So, I, you know, because I, I was born there and I speak Russian, I listen to uh, Putin's speeches in Russian and they're they're very different than what you hear from uh, the media and the way that they translate them. And, you know, obviously, look, he's doing some really bad things there. But, you know, some of the stuff he talks about and listen, it might be fake or whatever. But, you know, to your point, you know, he can speak to an audience, um, clearly, you know, strong leader, maybe not in a good way. Um, but a lot of those um, qualities and characteristics are, you know, what you want in your leader. Um, so, you know, not not the way he's doing it, but the qualities and the characteristics are what we want. And obviously, you know, Trump has a lot of those. He comes with a lot of other baggage that I know pisses a lot of people off. Um, but, you know, you, you got to pick like what you need for the country. Yeah. Like Winnie the Pooh in, in China, he, he he's probably one of the most evil people and he respects Trump, not because he likes him, but he just respects him because he's a true, strong leader. And they and he actually feared him, feared him, but he still had respect for him because of the, even though they don't like it, he, he doesn't like him. He at least sees he has he's a true, strong leader that he will stand up. Of course. Well, look, just go to the stats. I mean, in the facts, when Trump was in office, there were no wars. Obviously, the 
you know, people don't like that because wars uh, make a lot of money for a lot of people. Military industrial complex. There you go. But it didn't happen because everyone was scared of what Trump would do. I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. So, so I don't see, I don't know where this is going to go. I, I, I can't see anything going, anything good in the future. Like they, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania literally elected a retard in, in 2022. So, <laughs> so I, literally, literally though. It's true. It's true. You got to laugh. I mean, you, all you can do is laugh. Look, 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 I feel bad for the, for the person. I just don't feel bad for the politician. Right. That, right. I mean, I, I, and, and by the way, I can't stand Philadelphia anyway, so. I'm a cowboy fan, so 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 that's it just right. gives me more reason to can't I can't stand them even more. So that's right. <laughs> I, 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 the only re- thing I can think of is that they just couldn't stand Oz, which I agree with them. I can't stand Oz myself, but I don't know if I would go if I had to pick between the lesser of two evils. I would have no choice but to pick Oz, but th- but that's not saying much. I mean, it, it just seems to me like people are voting, like you said, based on emotion and they're voting against someone as opposed to for someone, you know? So like you said, maybe people didn't like Oz and they're like, oh, I'll vote for the other guy. But if the other guy is a bumbling idiot, you have to think like, hey, maybe that's not the person I want in office. But I, I don't know. It, it's beyond me. But maybe people don't think that way. Yeah. Like, did you you saw the speech, the debate between him and Oz that you literally saw that? It was yes. so cringeworthy. Like, like I said this before. I'll say it again. Fetterman made Oz look like a great candidate. No joke. Right. It was that right. embarrassing. I, I yeah. literally wanted to turn it off all the way, uh, multiple times, but I had to stick through it because I had to watch it. It's. I mean, it, it's really absurd. Um, and there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. But, you know, like you said, I mean, people just, you know, they don't look at the facts. They're not looking at track record. They're not looking at, hey, what's, what's this really going to look like? to have this dude in office, you know, when you vote for a guy like, like Fetterman, I mean, I don't know, I don't really know what you're thinking. Like, like, um, Herschel Walker, I, I like, I'm, I know he was a celebrity and he's pretty, a pretty, he seems like a half decent person, at least, well, maybe not his personal life, but who knows? There's a lot of question marks with him, but the only, I think the only reason he lost was because they just couldn't stand him. They weren't yeah. voting for Warnock. Which Warnock is a guy who backed one of the Castros. I forgot which one, but he backed one of them. He was a supporter. I, something along those lines. And yeah, so the only person who I think, well, Carrie Lake should have won. We we all know that whole situation. The only one who I who I'm glad that won and actually deservingly was JD Vance in Ohio. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know more about that than me. That's your state. <laughs> well, no, I'm in <laughs> Iowa. Iowa, yes, I'm sorry. Not Ohio, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, but yeah, we all saw what happened with Carrie Lake. It, it, it was, it, yes. it's so obvious that it's it's laughable. Like, mm-hmm. wh- what did you think when you saw what happened in Arizona? I mean, it, it's crazy. And I, I read a lot of the stuff and, you know, it's, it's like clear a lot of the um, irregularities, a lot of the things that went on there. And I, I just, you know, I don't get it. So I went to school in Tucson. I went to University of Arizona. And, um, you know, for for that to happen and to elect someone like that, that, you know, the the left has also taken this interesting strategy of like not campaigning at all. Like they just kind of sit in the basement. And, you know, Biden did that in 2020. I imagine he's going to do the same thing. I mean, I think, you know, if Trump is the nominee in in 24, which it seems like he's going to be barring something crazy. um, And then, of course, Biden's the nominee. I guarantee you they're not going to debate. Biden will not debate him. He'll sit, he'll sit in the closet. He'll sit in his basement the whole time and he doesn't need to do anything. And so it's just a, it's a crazy strategy to me, you know, that you would never have thought before that that's the way it would happen. Yeah. Can you imagine people from like the, from like the fifties looking at, looking at today's society? Like, like, can you imagine that? They they would have a heart attack if they saw what was going on or like, or better yet, the founding fathers, if they saw what today looks like, they they would just faint themselves. Like we've just we've gone so far away from what the idea of America is to we're 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 more and more closer to what socialism is. We are more closer to what Cuba was before they became communism. And te- they were never actually really socialist. They were just communists. They just weren't naming it communism. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, you know, when you look at kind of, again, the trajectory of, of empires, um, that's typically what happens, right? You have all these people that are, you know, like, hey, we don't like what's going on. And so we want to change things. And this is our idea. And they make it good. And then they work hard and all this stuff. And then that creates a great society. And then, of course, you know, as always, that has to be torn down. And the socialists and the communists come and the Marxists and go, oh, you know, there's a better way to do it. It's going to be different this time. You get the younger generation to follow them. This is all played out in history, you know, many, many times. And yeah. uh, it's unfortunate that people don't learn from that. Yeah. My friend, he he did something hilarious one time because a whole lot of socialists were commenting on his page. And he said and he said this and he and there's no joke. He actually did say this. He says, all right, I will pay for your one way fl flight ticket to Venezuela. But it has to be under the conditions that you give up your U.S. citizenship and you never return. And he had zero takers. So, of course, there's a reason everyone from those areas wants to come to the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, it, it's while I mean, it's the same thing with people coming from like California to Texas and then voting for the same liberal policies that screwed up California. It's like, I mean, it's it, it's, you know, it's stupidity, right? Yeah. Like it's insanity. Yeah. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. I don't think Texas is really a red state anymore. I consider it to be a purple state, but that's just my, that's, that's the way I've been viewing it recently. So, you know, Ray, it's interesting in Texas, when you look at the people coming like myself, families like me, they're all conservative. And that's the reason they come. The, the issue that happens is, you know, when you get into the corporate headquarters. So for example, let's say you get a company that comes like Toyota and they come from California and they, and they bring thousands of employees, right? Those employees are not coming because, you know, they want what Texas has to offer. They're coming because their company's moving them. And so a lot of times that's where you get a lot of that, like, liberal influx into the areas. Uh, and that's what causes issues. Yeah. I saw on your show one time, you had a guest on, I forgot what his name was, but he says it's not really that um, the reason Texas is turning blue is not really because people are moving there. I mean, he thinks it's part of it, but it's not the main reason. He thinks it's because like um, the, the kids that have been coming up, they've been indoctrinated so much. I forgot who the guy's name was, but he was on your show and he said that. Yeah, I can't recall either. But yes, I mean, that that makes sense also. Like we talked about earlier on the show today, you know, you get the younger generation that gets indoctrinated into schools. And, and I think, Ray, that's why it's so critical. You know, they also say, just like with real estate, politics is local. It's so critical that, you know, people get involved and participate in local school boards, local elections, because that's where it all starts. You know, like I'll give you an example. The town that, that we that I moved to, South Lake, um, we have a 100% majority conservative school board. Now, it wasn't always like that. When I was coming here, um, there was there was a lot of, you know, argument. It was kind of a mixed board because people didn't really understand that you have to control your school board first, because if you don't, what will happen is these leftists that get on the school boards and on the committees and the PTA and all this other nonsense, they will push all of these policies into the kids and into the school. And then that's how you get these kids that grow up indoctrinated and vote yeah. for all this crap. Yeah. They'll push critical race theory and all these adult books in the school library. So. Mm. Correct. So we, you know, we eradicated all of that stuff from our schools and our, you know, our, our schools focus on education, not indoctrination. And then that's the way it should be across the country. And so, you know, I'm very thankful that we have that in, in our area, but again, everyone has to do that. The, the reason that the leftists have been able to infiltrate is because the folks on the right were asleep. They were like, oh, you know, no one wants to be on the school board. No one cared about things like school board for a long time. And now they do, and people are seeing it. And actually, South Lake, where I am, is, is being used as a model for a lot of other areas on how to take over your school board, your, your uh, educational system, to make sure that doesn't happen. Like, you know Alex Stein, the guy who like um goes yeah. around like he he goes to all these leftist um school board meet meeting things and he dresses up in these weird outfits and like <laughs> he does it as a joke like um basically right. like pushing all right. this LGBT stuff like he does it as a joke he's not serious but it, it it's just hilarious. He's really funny, uh, Alex Stein ninety nine right number ninety nine I think yes. it's his like handle yeah he's he's great um and he's here in Dallas I believe and he's been around too you know a lot of the different things and. I like the one where he uh, he went after Brittany Griner at the airport, and then they <laughs> they got all pissed off at him. <laughs> yeah, you met him? No, I have not met him. Uh, that'd be fun, though. Yeah, maybe maybe you guys could like do some funny bit or something like that. So that yeah, would be funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, did you want to get into like crypto now? Talking a little bit about that. We can, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm game for anything, man. I'm I'm all yours. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably gonna have you're probably gonna not expect this, but like um, I I was a huge fan of crypto beforehand. I loved it, but now I'm against crypto. Now I've gotten to that point. The reason why is because I think it's a giant scam. Because here's why. You see, like, people in the WEF are trying to push, like, a central bank digital currency onto the U.S. particularly. And so what do you think is going to happen once um, a central bank digital currency is, like, created? Like, um, And plus the feds, they're trying to create their own little Fed coin, too. So what do you think is going to happen? They're probably when, when they're seeing a whole lot of people going over to crypto and buying up a whole bunch of it, putting all their savings into it. But what do you think is going to happen when they pull the rug out, where they basically sh- either shut down all the crypto, or like they they come out and they say they can they control it and they push their own little coin? People are going to lose so much money, and when that happens, they're going to be- beg for the government to help them. So like, please, please help us. And what do you think is going to happen? You will own nothing, and you will be happy. That's the way I've been seeing this is is going. Yeah, Ray. So that that's uh, I think an interesting take on uh, that part of it, and I don't disagree with you. By the way, you know I think the whole um, premise behind cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is that it's deregulated, mm-hmm. right? Now, when you take the government and the government comes in and goes, "We like the concept, but we're going to regulate it." Now it's not crypto anymore. You know, it's yeah. their own version that's regulated, and and I agree with you a hundred percent. You can't have that because then you turn into uh, things like China and social credit scores, right? So what we what we can't have and where we don't want to go is where the government, you know, all your money, let's just say hypothetically, is in a digital coin. And then the government goes, oh, you know, Ray, I don't like your show because you're talking anti-government. I'm going to freeze all your funds, right? Yeah. Um, we, we, mm-hmm. we cannot, we cannot, cannot go there. And I think that is, that is critical. Now, I think that there is a um, difference between that and, like Bitcoin, which is, you know, at least for now, deregulated, decentralized. For now. Um, for now. Yeah. And something that is, uh, you know, was meant to be anti-establishment. You know, the whole idea was it's not mm-hmm. controlled by a bank. It's not controlled by a company. It's not inflationary and all of that kind of stuff. So because it's only know, 10 I, uh, million. Yeah. 21, 21 million uh, coins available total. Oh. Um, of which like 4 million have been lost forever. So really there's only about 17. Um, and so, you, you know, Bitcoin is an interesting one. I, I've always kind of followed the leader of every industry. And so, you know, there's all these other, they call them shit coins, all the other stuff that's come out. But I'm with you. I'm 100% against a government regulated cryptocurrency. Yeah, but it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Like I, like I said this. I, I I love I wanted to love crypto so much, but now I'm against it because it's pretty clear where we're where we're heading with it. And like Bitcoin, for some reason, I'm starting to believe that it was probably the elitist type of people that created it because like, what's the guy's name? Hasashi? I, I forgot what his name. Yeah, it was a made up name. Uh, so Satoshi, I'm so, yeah. and they never found who the guy was. So I, for some reason, I'm, I've been thinking a lot recently that. It's just a huge coincidence that they that they never found this guy. A huge coincidence. So yeah, they think it was a the 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 theory is that it was really a group. You know, it wasn't just one person, and they named it this one person that they think invented it. But no, they've never they've never come up with who it was. And listen, you you could be a hundred percent right. <laughs> like it, it's it's if you were someone trying to control the the masses, that would actually be a brilliant idea. Like, give them some hope right here that they have something that's anti-establishment, but really we're going to pull the rug out of, from them at the last second before they re- they can do anything. So, Hey, it, listen, it's, it's very plausible. Right. I, I actually used to think that Bitcoin was going to become the world reserve currency at one point. I thought it was going to replace some of the U.S. dollar, but with how what's been going on recently, so... Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about it is that it was really supposed to be um, kind of a great hedge against inflation. And so, you know, the idea was um, if if there's an inflationary environment, you move your money into Bitcoin. And that didn't happen. Bitcoin essentially became um, a high risk asset. And so when, you know, for example, the Nasdaq was doing well, Bitcoin's doing well, you know, because it's a it's, it's a risky asset, just like a risky stock. That was not the original idea, of course. And so 
it, it, you know, the jury's out. We will see what happens, you know, whether it actually becomes what kind of was intended or like you said, it, it just becomes another, you know, risky asset or something that is uh, a scam. Like not just Bitcoin, but I think Ethereum, like all forms of crypto is a giant scam because they're pushed because of how much it's being pushed recently too. So like if, if something probably that big is not going to be pushed that much unless someone probably from the top gave the order for, for it. And they want to regulate it. I mean, make no mistake about that. The government wants to regulate everything. They don't like something out there that they can't regulate. It's hard to tax. It's hard to, you know, for them to track it and all that kind of stuff. So for sure, they, they don't like it. Um, you know, what they can do about it, uh, you know, we will see. But, if, you know, obviously they could shut down the transactions or, you know, whatever it is that they do to, to try to minimize that. And plus a bunch of these elitist type of people, they've been buying up a whole lot of Bitcoin. So like a lot of people don't have access to it anyway. So coincidental? I don't know. I don't know, Ray. Paul Pelosi is uh, the best stock trader of all time. I mean, he's better than Warren Buffett. So, you know, go yeah, figure. Can, can do it um, coincidentally right before <laughs> a massive bill gets passed. Coincidentally. Every time. He, 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 his, his prognostication skills are uncanny. So, how dumb do you have to be to figure that out? Right. Same thing right. with the same thing with the coke in the White House. How dumb you have to be to figure out that that was Hunter's <laughs> or someone else or someone else associated with Hunter? Sure. Yeah. And you're telling me like the most secure you know place in America, uh, they don't have cameras on like every square inch of that place. I don't believe it. Yeah. My friend on Facebook, he posted a, a huge, a funny meme about it. He had like an image of the White House, and the caption above it says. You know, crack houses back in the '90s didn't look this fancy. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but but yeah, like I'm um, getting back to Hunter Biden. Did you yeah. see like um the mist? It was today or yesterday that a misdemeanor charge for for him got dropped. Actually, I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. It's it's crazy that we have really entered you know a two tier system of justice, and this is something that's definitely worth getting into because if you look at countries where this kind of shit happens um you know it's not a good thing there is there is no example of a country where you have two-tier system of justice and it's a good place to be you know when you have you know when you're when you're prosecuting your main political rival you know across every area at the same time for you know bogus kind of trumped up charges no pun intended Nixon um, and um, Woodrow Wilson did the same thing yeah, I mean, but if you know, you look at other countries where this happens. I mean, look, Putin, uh, you know, poisons all his political rivals. He puts them in jail. Navalny, um, you know, is was just sentenced to more years in prison for fake charges. So, you know, these are all places where you know you don't want that system of, of government. And there's a reason I think that we had that precedent before. And um, you know, I think what is going on right now. Um, with Trump, and not just Trump, if you look at the latest indictment, they went after his lawyers, they went after everyone associated with him, Rudy right? Giuliani, all of them. And, and the reason that they're doing that is clear. It's like, Hey, if you associate with, you know, Trump, then you're in danger. And so people don't want to associate with him. And so like, it's it just, to me, it's a bunch of BS and we cannot, you know, the problem is now you're going to see retaliation because, you know, guess what, when the next Republican gets into office, he's going to go prosecute all the Democrats. I mean, is that do we no? Really that would want never. This that would never happen. They'll never prosecute the Democrats like that. No, yeah. it's it just not going to happen in today's society. Be Always because, because they're going to try. They're going to. They're going to want to do it. I don't know if it'll actually happen. But we all um, thought Trump was going to. And look, yes, we so did. and he said he was going to, but he never did. So yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's just that's not that's not the type of country that, you know, we want to live in. And so I, I and I don't know how you kind of, you know, put that back in the box, you know, how you kind of take, you know, put the genie back because that is out. And so now um, that that is happening, um, it just it sets a terrible precedent for us for a really long time. Yeah. So where do you think the future of this country is going to be then? I, I'm, I'm curious what you believe it will be. Man, Ray, I will tell you, that's a great question. So I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, man. So I, and I believe in America. I think that um, we have um, the foundational principles that are the best ever. We have the, the best nation of all time. And so I do believe in America. Um, I don't know exactly how, um, but I have to believe that we will somehow get back to the founding principles of this country, you know, the, of, our, of our constitution 
and that in some way, in some form, in some fashion, um, you know, we'll go through this turmoil and, and we'll come out of it. Now, there may be, this might not be the worst of it. Maybe there's more, you know, bad stuff to come. But I think at the end of the day, um, we will get back to where we need to be. Well, with me being a Christian, um, I do believe that there are more worse stuff to come, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 I, you know, like I said, that I, I don't, I don't doubt it. And that could definitely happen, but I have to believe, you know, given our constitution, our foundational principles, if we just kind of go back to that, um, I, I think we'll be, we'll be good eventually. It, because America was founded on Judaic Christian values. So, and we've been moving more and more away from that. Like, um, I, you saw that study where like, um, it's, it's been shown that a re- it's record low of people who believe in God, record low. And it's yes. been going down every single year. So that's a good point, Ray. Um, and I think that that also is purposeful. You know, when I talked to my parents about um, the former Soviet Union, the, the thing that was going on there was they abolished religion. And the reason they abolished religion is because they wanted uh, the government to be your religion. They want the government to be your God, because if you can do that, right, then you eliminate hope, you eliminate people from believing and having faith, right? And so they're just looking for the government to solve all their problems. There's communism, there's Marxism. So that is a very, very good point, Ray. And I think that in this country, if we do that and we go down that path, then we're just headed, you know, to that same place. Yeah. I don't know if you're really religious. I am like, um, there's a story in the, like in this actually kind of relates to how our society is right now. Like there was a story in the, in, in the book of judges, which is in the Bible. It's, it's basically about a country that um get, you get, I think it was Israel. Yeah. It gets rich and it gets moves further and further away from God. And then God raises up an enemy to come in and take and destroy them. And then they repent for their sins and God raises up a judge to save them. And like I meant earlier with China, America is getting is get, is getting is getting like um a little stubborn. It's getting up there, and then you have China building up right here. So it's kind of yeah. Is it right. a huge coincidence? So, so I don't. So what do you so what do you think happens, Ray? I'm I'm curious. And I by, by the way, I will commend you, man, because at you know 21, I was uh, I was more interested in girls and partying than you know doing podcasts. So man, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's so great that you're plugged in and involved. And I, I you know hopefully your message you know resonates with your generation because they definitely need to hear it so i love what you're doing but i'd love to hear kind of your opinion on you know what do you think happens with the well i do kind of party i do go to the bars and i do smoke cigars so yeah (laughs) hey there you go (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah yeah, um, we need to have a cigar together yeah next time i'm in dallas uh we we can 100 100 i don't know when that'll be but next time i do because i have family that live down there so i can just go down there see them and but on, on, on the way, I can just come and we can have a cigar. Definitely, man. You're welcome. Anytime. I'd love to see in person. So, yeah. What what do you think as, you know, someone who's 21 and so plugged into this stuff? Uh, where do you think we go from here? That is a tough question to answer. Really, really tough because we've, we've noticed we've, we've we've noticed we've been losing so much political power at the same time, as well as um, all these elitists gaining more and more power. And like um, you've noticed that a pretty much right or left. A lot of politicians go to the Davos event in, in for the World Economic Forum, right and left. So that raises a whole. That just makes it seem like is everyone here controlled opposition right here? Because I literally have been thinking that multiple times. And so, and with all this going on, I'm starting to. It's making me think: Is there truly no hope whatsoever? I, I, I as a Christian, I, I can't be like that. I have to have some always. I have to have hope, but at the same time, I have to like um. You had, I had to be like in reality at the same time as well, where, where we see like the situation is going. So uh, I can't, I can't give an answer to that because I, I truly don't know because we're getting closer and closer to 2030. And but, but have you noticed all these weird things with like 2030, 2035, um, 2042, 2049? Like all they're giving out all these weird dates. Like something me and one of my friends have talked about beforehand is that are they possibly taking rebellion into consideration potentially like moving these dates further and further back something along those lines yeah i mean it definitely could be i i'm not as uh in touch with with that i would say so it's hard for me to speak to it but um you know i think uh that possibility always comes you know closer and closer as the country gets bigger and you know what the media tries to do obviously is kind of push people further away you know from the center um, that's definitely something that could happen. I, I will tell you, Ray, what's interesting for me 
Um, you know, so I, I played football in college. I've always had like a group of friends that is on all, all spectrums, you know, and, and I, I smoke cigars every week with a group. We were just sitting there looking around going like, man, we have every religion, every nationality, every race, you know, kind of uh, represented here. I think when you really sit down with people, we have a lot more in common than we do apart. Mm -hmm. You know, if, mm -hmm. you, if you don't let the media tell you that, you know, you hate your neighbor because they have a Trump flag or you hate someone else because, you know, maybe they made a big mistake and voted for Biden, right, <laughs> in 2020. So I, I, I really, and I, again, like coming from an optimist, you know, but I feel like if I can sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone, we can find a lot of commonality in a lot of cases, you know, not in every case. Obviously, there's people that are, you know, way far apart on, on both of these things. And that's, that's what I'm hoping brings the country together is that people realize that and go, hey, like we really do have a lot in common. Let's get rid of the extremists. Let's not listen to the traditional media. Um, and let's just come together for the good of the country, the good of our local community. That's a really good point, man. Really good point. And like, I'm like when I mentioned 2035, like um, you know, California, they're actually they actually passed a bill that they will no longer sell gas powered cars that are new after 2035. Yes. So I and saw then that. you then you saw in Wyoming that they're trying to pass a bill where like they're gonna ban like electric cars that are new after 2035. So, oh, that's wild. I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, they they talked about that actually. So. Interesting. Interesting. Think, so that, that is interesting about the dates for sure. Can you imagine like all blue states, they're electric cars and all red states, they're gas powered cars. And like um, <laughs> when you travel from one state, you won't be able to like power your car up. So you'll just be stuck right. in the road. Right, 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 right. And I, you know, the, the funny part about the electric cars to me is people are like, oh, they're so green and this. I'm like, well, let me no, ask you a question. Like, do you know how they make that battery? <laughs> they use, they, they, they dig through lithium mines to make those batteries. And when right. they do that, they have to get through a whole bunch of sulfur and copper, and it destroys the, particularly in Alaska, which I mentioned earlier, they, it yeah. destroys the salmon fisheries up there. So you're destroying the environment by doing that. It, exactly. And it, I mean, it's so hypocritical, right? Because you see these like green politicians that are flying their private jet to the uh, conference and you're like, dude, you just like, you burn more carbon than, you know, we all will in years. In a lifetime. Yes, correct. Yeah. So it, it's all it's all hypocritical. And, you know, right to your point, I do think, um, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm sure that so many politicians like go into office with good intentions and, you know, they got the right frame of mind. I, I do believe that, you know, once you get there, it, it's probably so easy to get corrupted by, you know, all the money and the lobbyists and the unions and all this stuff. And so the politicians are probably much more in the middle than we think. And they're probably laughing about all of us arguing about this shit. Like they're even leftists that are turning against Biden because he's not left enough. You've been seeing all Correct. you've seen this all over the internet, particularly people from particularly the Young Turks, which is hilarious in my opinion. So yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's just like it's a clown. Well, it, it's a South Park episode. It truly is. Yeah, that's where we started the show, and you know you are at where we've come full circle. You're absolutely correct. Nah, well, we've been going for about an hour. Um, I think I might wrap this episode up right now, if that's all right. Ray, that sounds great, man. I just want to thank you so much for having me on. This, this has really been great. And again, like I, I do really commend you for what you're doing. I think if you can get, you know, your message out to your audience and to people that, you know, are in your generation and your age and really get them to think for themselves and do their own research and, um, you know, really learn the issues and understand what's going on so that they can, you know, vote for the, the type of candidates that will have the policies that they like and that they agree with. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, we got to do it again sometime, man. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And when I when I restart what I'm doing, you will be uh, the first person I let I let know about that and have you on again as well. All right. Thanks. Um, and maybe you could actually talk to some of my friends that come on my show because I think you would get along great with them because they a lot of them, they do their own shows themselves. I would love that, man. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I'd love the introduction. And, um, you know, I'll uh, you know, I check out your show all the time when you do it. So I'll connect with some of them as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I do my show on Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, really. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. All right. Um, before you go, where can my audience find you at, Danny? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Twitter's probably the best at this point. You know, I, I, it's funny because I used to not be a fan of Twitter. But uh, after Elon took over, I, th I think I've – and I, I do enjoy the interactions and the messaging features and all that kind of stuff. So, you can find me on Twitter, DM me there. And my handle there is I am DMOT24. I am D I M A 
24. Dima is actually my real name um, in yeah. Russian, so that's why I go by that. Oh, okay. That's good to know. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, make sure to go over and follow him on Twitter and also follow him at The Dima Show on YouTube. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I still watch, I still go back and watch a couple of your videos every now and then. So, yeah. All right. Oh, thanks, Ray. I really appreciate that, man. And, yes, we'll have more to come. Now, I might, when I restart, just because of the way the YouTube algorithm works, in all likelihood, I'll start a new channel. But I'll promote it on that channel as well. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. If you're watching this right here, make sure to like and subscribe to this channel here on Rumble. Also, follow me on all the social media platforms because I'm on all of those as well. As well as follow me on all the podcast platforms because I'm on all of those as well. I'm pretty much everywhere except YouTube because I got permanently banned there. So, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. This, this has been Ray and Danny Batsalkin. Correct? Did I get it right that time? Perfect. Got it correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. And, and this was the Ray Infinity Show podcast. This was episode number 117. Catch you guys later. Peace. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it.